You guys are, like, y'all, this, is this a newcomer's class? Y'all didn't know. Like, we're Baptists. We don't know how to, what that means. Uh, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we, we thank you so much uh, for the fact that you have given yourself uh, to us, that you have shown yourself to us as a father, uh, that you uh, have shown us uh, what it is to be a son. We uh, thank you so much that you, in your great mercy and by your spirit, have promised uh, to be with us always, even to the very end of the age, that you will never leave us or forsake us. Help us uh, today, this morning, to walk uh, in your promises. ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, This is uh, the Truth in Life class. This is uh, a... Um, this is the second part of a four-part series uh, called "Grace in the Grind," and uh, you know, I some that may come across as negative since parenting is supposed to be a, a joyful and wonderful thing, and and I think there are there are moments when it really is, and uh, and and to say that um, that it is a grind is not to say that it is a bad thing, uh, but it is um, it is a grind uh, sometimes. It, it's a it takes uh, discipline and self-control and patience and um, and breaks and all kinds of things. So just uh, an important uh, thing for us and as the church to, to talk about, I think. Um, so the the uh, just to recap, uh, one of the things that we said, sort of the main point we wanted to drive home last week, uh, was that your child's uh, standing before God is not dependent upon their obedience, whether it be their uh, obedience to you, uh, their obedience to social norms and mores, their religious obedience. Their standing before God is completely and wholly dependent upon uh, the call of Jesus Christ into His grace, into His loving relationship, and Him declaring over them that they are righteous uh, before God uh, by His uh, cross. Now, what, uh, what that does is it takes pressure off of us as parents uh, because the truth about it is that our standing before God doesn't depend on our success as a parent or upon our children's um, uh, behavior, upon their obedience. When they mess up, when they bring home a bad report card, when they embarrass us uh, in the grocery store, whatever it is, that that does not affect uh, who we are in Christ and, um, and one of the things that I said uh, last week is that I sort of parent like it does depend. My standing before the Lord does depend on, um, on my kids and how well they do and how um, obedient they are. And, um, and, and so we're going to talk so, some more about that. But, but we just asked the question, what would it do for your parenting to know if, if you lived into the fact uh, that, that your wholeness, that your peace, that your gospel rest was not dependent upon your children how would that affect your relationship uh, with your children and how how do you um how would you approach them uh, again the caveat that i try to always give whenever i do a, a, a class like this is this is a discussion uh, i have i don't have finished products and um and frankly sometimes i'm worried about the finished products that i will produce uh, down the road uh, we have an eight-year-old a five-year-old and a two-year-old we are not experts um, and so we, and a lot of times I'll, I'll say too, like, uh, I do this or I do this, which is not to say that, that, um, 
that Amy does, Amy's a fantastic uh, mom in many respects. She struggles just like all of us. Uh, and she said last week after I talked about all the ways I struggle as a parent, that she said, you know, you didn't really talk about me at all. And it, it sounded a little bit funny cause, to me because I thought, well, I was just talking about all my failure and fears. But um, she she really wanted to be sure that that, um, that everybody knows that she, she kind of, has those same things, and a lot of the things that I talk about and, and I'm sharing with you in this book, we haven't really talked about. I've, I kind of try them out, just so to say that I do this is not say that she doesn't have the things that she tries out uh, as well. So I uh, just wanted to say that, but we, we're, this is a discussion, and we, we are learning uh, every day and learning from you as much as, as you're learning from us. Um, so that's kind of what we, what we said uh, last week, is that, that our children's obedience uh, does not affect their standing before God. And our children's obedience does not affect our standing before God. Um, but children need our guidance. Uh, children definitely need our guidance. Grace uh, is rooted in love, and it would be the essence of cruelty or the absence of love to just to not give them any boundaries, to not give them any uh, necessary guidance. So I have a little video just to sort of illustrate uh, this point. This is uh, what we call an oldie uh, but goodie. Uh-oh. Well, there it is. Hit that light, it would be great. What in the world? Season one. Hard to get good help, isn't it? Son, your mother asked me to come up here and kill you. Hey, I know. You know what? What you gonna say? And it's under control. So, no No problem. problem. (laughs) How do you expect to get into college with grades like this? No problem. Huh? See, I'm not going to college. Damn right. (laughs) I am going to get through high school and then get a job like regular people. Regular people? Yeah, you know, who work in a gas station, drive a bus, something like that. So what you're saying is your your mother and I shouldn't care if you get D's because you don't need good grades to be regular people. Right. (laughs) Okay. Oh, suppose you graduate from high school. Let's say you just slide by. All right, now, now you've got to find a job. Now, what kind of salary do you expect uh, for a regular person? Mm, $250 a week. $250 a week? Yeah. Sit down. I'm, I'm going to give you $300 a week. Yes, indeed. $300 a week, $1,200 a month. All right? Great, I'll take it. Yes, you will. And I will take $350 for taxes. Whoa. Yeah, now, now, uh, because, see, the government comes for the regular people first. (laughs) 
Now, now, how much, how much does that, that leave you with? $850. All right. Now, you've got to have an apartment because you are not going to live here. <laughs> so, an apartment in Manhattan will run you at least $400 a month. I'll live in New Jersey. <laughs> All right. Live in New Jersey, you've got to have a car. I ride a motorbike. <laughs> you need a helmet. <laughs> Figure a hundred a month for clothes and shoes. Figure two hundred. I want to look good. <laughs> okay, so so what does that what does that leave you with? Two hundred dollars. So no problem. <laughs> There is a problem. You haven't eaten yet. <laughs> I can get by on bologna and cereal. So I got everything I need plus $200 left for the month. You plan to have a girlfriend? For sure. <laughs> Regular people. <laughs> Great. I, there's a ton of Cosby Show on YouTube. It really is. It's good. It's good stuff. Um, we we want the parent. We we want the uh, the formula. At least I I do, and, and you may. Uh, want this as well as a parent. We want the formula, good parenting in, uh, good kids out. And, um, and, and the problem, there, there's several problems with that formula. Not the least of which is that I'm not always a good parent. Um, doing, this, doing this class sort of heightens my awareness. And I, um, I, I might have made a D uh, this week. If we're going on percentages, sometimes I was a good parent, good dad. Sometimes I showed a lot of patience. Sometimes I really rested in the gospel truths that I was encouraging you to rest in, and sometimes uh, not so much. Um, as, when we, have, we want this formula, good, good parenting in, good kids out, which is, um, really puts a lot of pressure on us to be uh, that good parent. Uh, as Christians, there's an extra layer of it, a little added extra pressure, because our kids, got, they need to be Christians as well. Uh, we need them to love the Lord, not just be nice. And, um, and so what this does is... Uh, I, I should have mentioned uh, before is that a lot of this class is on this based on this book uh, called Give Them Grace by Elise Fitzpatrick. The subtitle is Dazzling Your Kids with the Love of Jesus. Um, I think that she, I, it is the best parenting resource that I've seen in quite some time. Uh, we have one copy of it in our bookstore and, um, and it will go to the highest bidder. But um, it is, uh, we can certainly get uh, get that for you. You can find it online, uh, Amazon or whatever. We'd love your business here, but um, but it's it's great and it's in fact it's so good that I've uh, we're talking about I don't, and no promises. I don't know because uh, I know she has fees and stuff, but uh, we're talking about uh, maybe a Linton, her, having her as a Linton speaker uh, down the road. But it's uh, it's just really really good, and and I uh, commend it to you. One of the things that she says about this idea uh, of um, good parenting it, good kids out, is that is 
is wor- basically is works righteousness. It is um, it is completely self reliant. Uh, there's a, an awful lot of pressure that goes uh, on the parents that goes into that. Um, and and in that scenario, both she says uh, both pride and despair grow in the self reliant heart. Both pride and despair grow in the self reliant heart. Uh, when we have succeeded. Uh, when our kids knock it out of the park and they bring home straight A's and they are um, the star on the track team and they just killed it as the lead in the school play. And everybody is coming to us and saying, man, you know, they kind of they, they look at us and they say, uh, wow, you know, if I can, we know there's a little there's a little sense where we know that they think if, if that person re- wrote a book on parenting, I would read it because I, I, I want my kid to turn out like that, because I know that happens uh, to you guys re- on a regular basis, and I, um, and I just uh, there are parent there are parents in this parish that I say, man, I I've, I see their finished product, and I I love to listen to them teach, and I and I really sort of idolize uh, that. But when I when people um, come to us and they tell us what a great job we're doing, or they see the sort of the product that we're, we've produced, uh, we uh, we can really uh, gain a lot of pride. And we can really think that, wow, we've really accomplished a lot. Which is not to say that we our hard work isn't paying off, um, in, in a sense. But to say that we are receiving our own glory uh, for that. Uh, again, on the um, more often than not, however, uh, despair when we believe we've failed. Uh, last week we showed a video of a guy uh, with his kid in the grocery store throwing a, a tantrum. And um, it was a, a funny line at the end, but... Uh, but when, when in that moment, when our kids um, are are fighting uh, for the fifth time that day, and we have to remember which bottom cheek we are going to uh, spank next, because we've already gone there, and we um, we we feel like failures because what the product is the product is failing, and. Thing is, is what in our corporate world, what we're used to is that if we do our uh, R&D and we um, put all the the proper uh, research and development and money into it, and because we know we're putting a lot of money into it, and um, and that if if uh, what we are in in our corporate world, what we produced should should succeed because we've done all the right things, and yet when you're making a widget, it doesn't. It's not inherently sinful. Uh, when you're making uh, when you have a midget, <laughs> they they are uh, inherently sinful, and so there's some responsibility that they have in that equation as well. Uh, and it is not always good parenting in, uh, good kids out. A lot of times it's very good uh, parenting in, very bad, or at least in the moment, uh, kids out. And um, and so it's in that it's it's in that despair, in that uh, fear. That we um, that we realize that we are we are is completely dependent upon us, and yet you probably also know enough as a Christian to know that a lot of times those things that seem like uh, blessings don't always turn and those things that turn out uh, as look like success don't always turn out to be all they're cracked up to be, and those things that look like failures and and the most awful pit of our life in retrospect down the road we would never change. Because they are incredible blessings in our life. And you can look at times or seasons in your life where you were down 
in, a, in a particular way. And you can look back on that and you can say, man, there's so much good that came out of that season. And at least for me, it's hard to transfer that uh, when there's peanut butter and jelly on, on, uh, on the cabinets um, or uh, there are bad grades coming in or there's just a stream of disrespect that day. Um, so that's, it's hard for me to say, oh, well, you know, God's probably going to use, use all this to, to his great glory in her life and in my life. Um, thank you, Jesus. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's all, almost impossible for me. In fact, if I go down that road of despair or anger, it's virtually impossible to turn it around mid, mid-course. Where I succeed, uh, and you, you may be different, this is just my personality, but where I succeed in staying, uh, being calm is if I am calm to begin with. And if I have rested in the gospel promise that, that my wholeness isn't dependent upon this five-year-old, and my um, success as a Christian or success as a parent isn't dependent upon uh, what they are doing in the moment, um, if I can remember that ahead of time, then I can love them in the midst of it, and I can actually discipline them and do whatever I need to do in terms of correction, and I can go about my day and have a, have a fine day. But if I go down that road then of, of um, frustration, of wanting to, to, I want to scream at the child, but I, but I can't scream at the child, so I go up to my bedroom and I scream into my pillow and punch the bed because I just am just at my end. If I go down there, man, I, it, it is hard for, it takes hours for me personally to turn it around. And, you know, I, I don't know if that relates to you. You might think, oh, my gosh, we're going to find another church after this. But um, <laughs> I, 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 that's, so sometimes I'm good at that. Sometimes I'm not good at that. Uh, what, I, uh, what I am sure of is that the percentage of the times that I'm good or not good doesn't affect my standing before the Lord or my wholeness in the Lord nor does it affect my child's standing before the Lord. And my failure in that moment is not going uh, to determine whether or not God calls my child into a saving relationship with himself. Um, one, of the, one of the most comforting paragraphs in this, in this book is where she points out the fact that there are virtually no episodes, no scenarios in Scripture where a faithful parent raises a faithful child. Now, there is a lot of admonition in both the Old Testament and the New Testament for parents to love their children. Um, There's also admonition for parents not to exasperate their children. There is no admonition for children not to exasperate their parents, unfortunately. But um, but there is uh, there are lots and lots of scenarios. in like You look at the kings. You have, have faithful king... And, all, and, it, and the next king, his son, it does not love the Lord. And then you have like seven generations of terrible kings that do all these crazy things. And then you have a faithful one. Well, he didn't learn it, he didn't learn it from his dad. Where there is, there is no... Uh, and, and so there's a sense in which, I don't know about you, maybe you were raised, maybe the most important um, Christian influence in your life was your parents. At least for me... That's not the way it worked out. Now, we have a great relationship with my own parents. 
They took me to church, but it was very much sort of a works righteousness kind of thing. It wasn't from them that I heard about grace. It wasn't from them that I really came into a relationship uh, with Christ. And in fact, it kind of was the other way around. That as I came into a relationship with Christ and then my sister came into a relationship with Christ, my parents started to kind of see what, what it really sort of meant to be a Christian in, a, in, a, in an everyday sort of sense and not just a Sunday sort of sense. Um, that it wasn't just about obedience and goodness. Uh, and, and they came into a sort of a saving or at least a, a more energetic relationship with the Lord uh, because of what they saw in their kids. So it doesn't always work like that. If you look at your own life and the life of, just, of your friends, you will see that your salvation probably would... It might have been influenced by your parents, but it, it might not have been. And, and therefore, your, your children are not dependent. Now, now you are given... If your parents were, um, were a really great influence, a Christian influence in your life, then, then they did what they were supposed to do. And that's a great thing. That's a great thing. What I'm trying to do in saying all this is the pressure is off of you as a parent to be this perfect Christian parent so that you'll produce Christian kids. Works righteousness as parents produces penance. And you know what penance is? Penance is voluntary, uh, voluntary self-punishment. And uh, when you when you are in penance, then what you say is that I will. All right, well, listen, I, I messed up today, but I'm going to redouble my efforts, or I'm really going to try uh, hard now. I'm. Uh, it leads it leads to that leads to fear that we're going to screw up again, and it leads us. It puts a lot of pressure. We begin to put a lot of pressure on our kids because we're over demanding. Um, we've got a whip for ourselves in one hand and a whip for our kids in the other. At least that's the way it plays out in a lot of a lot of parents' lives. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it up this time. I'm gonna I'm gonna really do better. And so we have fear when we say, "Oh my gosh, I blew it. I'm probably ruining their lives." Or uh, we have, um, or we're overbearing. I can remember a time where. And I love, I mean, I preach grace, and I love grace, and I was so frustrated with this continual stream of disobedience that I was getting from my strong-willed child, and I just looked at him and I said, your job is to obey! <laughs> and I and I could just feel like, I could just see, I don't know, this, this rebel 15 years down, down the road, and I... And not, so I was. It was right in that moment. It was, it was. I was totally afraid of what I was producing because of my demand on this child's life. And I was totally. Um, I mean, it, it was. It's this vicious cycle, and fear feeds off of, uh, feeds into uh, being over demanding, which feeds into fear, which feeds back in. It's just this. It's just this vicious cycle of penance, which is because because I am putting all this pressure on myself to be this perfect dad, and my kids aren't. They're not helping me out. They're not affirming all of my great efforts. <laughs> but the gospel doesn't produce penance. The gospel produces repentance. And there's a major difference uh, in between penance and repentance. Repentance... Now, a lot of times people will teach you that um, that repentance is uh, turning around, make, doing a 180, uh, changing your ways. That might be the fruit of repentance. And I could go into a whole sort of theological 
reason why, why that's not true. But let me just give you a, the uh, sort of Cliff Notes version of what repentance is. <clears throat> repentance is coming to the end of yourself and knowing that you need a Savior. That's all repentance is. Jesus said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What, did he say? what does that mean? Uh, change your ways. Really, really, uh, you know, act your best. Start following the law of God because um, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, that wouldn't make any sense. Why would Jesus need to come? Repentance, on the other hand, says, I need a Savior. That makes a lot more sense in the, in the context of, of Jesus saying, repent, for the kingdom is at hand. When you say, I need a Savior... And the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Praise the Lord, because Jesus is here. He's my Savior. So repentance is coming to the end of yourself and saying, I need a Savior. Repentance uh, is uh, rest. Because we are throwing ourselves constantly, in good times and in bad, where we are uh, guilty of, or at least um, uh, we are inclined towards pride, or we incline towards despair, we're throwing ourselves at the grace and the mercy of God given to us in the cross and saying, thank you, Lord, that you are sufficient for me and you are sufficient for my children. You are sufficient for my spouse. And so, we are in repentance, we are accepting the love of God. We're accepting again the wholeness of God. Uh, we are uh, accepting again the approval of God, not because of what we have done, but because of what He has done for us, uh, no matter what. And so repentance isn't just an act when we screw things up, but repentance is a posture that we have before the Lord to say, um, to say, I am in constant need of you, uh, whether it is to protect me from despair or to protect me uh, from pride. Uh, whether it is protect me simply from just zoning out in, in a book or a TV show or a, um, checking my email again because I don't want to deal right now with my kids. Um, it is, repentance is rest. And if I am making butter pasta for the third night in a row and, um, and I hear a fight break out uh, behind me, I don't have to explode if I have a posture of repentance. I can do everything I need to do. I can separate them. I can get, discipline them as appropriate. Uh, but I can go about, and I, but in the process, I can, I can love them. I can, I can love them. Um, how might we handle our children uh, differently if we were to instruct them as if they were not our ticket to sanity. Let me let me give you my version, and then I'm going to give you um, Elise Fitzpatrick's version, which I have begun to employ a little bit, and I think it helps. We're sitting at the dinner table, about they've already picked off a few bites of food they're not which they're not supposed to do. Uh, but because they're supposed to wait until after we say the prayer, so we all hold hands. Let's bow our heads. We're gonna uh, we're gonna say the prayer. Heavenly Father, stop it. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for. The I'm not gonna tell you again. And it goes on like this. 
and uh, and I say, be respectful. We are we are praying to God. You need to be respectful. At that point, my children raise their hands in the air and say, thank you, Jesus, for the love that you have given to us that we see in our Father. Uh, right here. <laughs> Actually, uh, my discipline often does not enkindle in their hearts a love for God. And actually, that's what our that's what our discipline should do. Now, I'm gonna. Um, sometimes we just have to manage the situation, and that is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to just manage the situation. I just need for you to stop fighting for crying out loud. Okay, but ultimately, our discipline is a great opportunity to turn their hearts to the Lord. And I'm going to read to you what what she says in this scenario. So Benny, little Benny, has been um, now she has a very it's very long um, what she says, and I the food will be cold by this point. But um, but it's a good it's a good it's instructive. So Benny has been uh, disruptive during the prayer. Do you know why we love to pray, Benny? We love to pray because our hearts were just like yours. We never wanted to spend five minutes of our time talking to God. All we wanted to do was have fun, and it didn't seem like fun to talk to God. But then God changed our hearts so we could see how amazing that He is. And He showed us that even though we didn't love Him or like to talk to Him, that He loved us anyway. And when you find out how kind someone has been to you and how amazing His love is, is for you, it makes you want to talk to Him. And honestly, Benny, there are still times when I don't want to sit and talk to God, but even in those times, He loves me just the same as the times when I love talking to Him. But do you know what's even more important than sitting still during prayer? It's having a God that loves you no matter what. That is more, that is more important. Understanding how your heart would be hard and disobedient all the time without His help is more important. And asking Jesus to change your heart, to love Him and to forgive you for not loving Him is the most important thing of all. Now, Benny, we have talked to you previously about disrupting family prayer, and I understand that your heart is not drawn to God during prayer yet, and I'm glad that you're not pretending to pray with us because that would be lying. But I'm praying for you that God changes your heart so that you will want to pray with the family. But until that happens... We are requiring you to sit quietly during prayer time. You've become a distraction to those of us who want to pray, so I'm reminding you that your continued distraction will result in discipline. Now, that's too much to say, uh, but um, it is it, what I have found instructive from what she says is... To, to align yourself with them and to say, I understand exactly why you're doing this, and in fact, I'm glad you're not being dishonest about it. Um, but, but until your heart wants to do this, you're required to sit quietly um, and, and to sort of affirm them in that. Uh, what about uh, disobedience? This is another example. Uh, you will obey because I said so. Now, that's sort of how I was, uh, I was raised. Uh, I'm the parent, you're the child, and and I get to make the rules, and one day you'll be a parent, and you can make whatever rules you want, but until that day, you're in my house, and you're going to do what I say. Thank you, Jesus. Um, <laughs> here's what Fitzpatrick would say. I can see that you want to do your own thing right now, and I can see that what I've asked you to do is not very important to you, 
And I understand. I understand wanting my own way. And there are lots of times that I don't want to do what I'm told to do, whether it's being told by my boss or being told by God. And I remember feeling that same way with my parents, just like you feel right now. But what I didn't understand then, I hope you will understand now, and that is that Jesus can help us to obey even when it's hard and even when we don't want to. And actually, actually the reason that He forgives us when we make mistakes is because He was obedient when He didn't want to be on the cross. I think, personally, that the most important thing for us as parents, it's just my opinion, the most effective and important thing that we can do as parents is let our children see our need of a Savior. Just say, you know what, I, I blew my cool that time and I'm sorry about that. I still need for you to be obedient, but I, I, I'm asking, will you pray for me that God will um, help me control my temper? And I will pray for you that God will help you obey. Deal? Deal. Letting them see that we are not perfect will be far more effective and instructive uh, than being perfect and demanding perfection from them. Because grace uh, in parenting is not the absence of rules or pretending when they mess up that rules don't apply to them. Uh, Grace in parenting is loving them even when the rules are broken and then giving them instruction. And so... Um, even even when we mess up and even when our discipline is because you told me so and not because Jesus did this on the cross and isn't that great even when we, even we in our failures God is sovereign over our lives and God is sovereign over their lives and um and even if all they see is our penance and their, our fear and our pride and our despair, then God uh, is still sovereign over their life. And that should lift the pressure and draw us uh, to our Savior. And uh, we just, I just pray that you will know that God is using you despite yourself uh, in your kids' lives. And so um, in our final few minutes, uh, just to, we just have a few minutes I would love, as we did last week, uh, just turn to the person next to you, even if you don't know them, uh, and pr- share about a minute and a half uh, with each other about your um, uh, something that they can pray for. And then please hold what they have given you in prayer throughout the week. Pray for each other right now. It would be great. Um, and pray for each other uh, throughout the week. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll see what happens. So, um, so I hope that... Uh, let me just close us in prayer real quick. Heavenly Father... Uh, thanks so much for your grace over us. I feel like I've rambled, and I, I pray that even in that, that you would that you would be sovereign and that you would assure us of your grace over us. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.